presence here today among your people. We thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit during our time of worship. And I know you've spoken volumes to our heart. Holy Spirit, we prepare our hearts to receive from you right now. Help us to be willing. Help us to go all the way. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 When you feel a dissatisfaction in your heart, and you become somewhat uncomfortable with the way things are going in your life, especially when it relates to your relationship with God, if that's a concern for you and you feel like I'm not measuring up, what's going on? And is that sense of dissatisfaction in your heart? It is the Holy Spirit that's wooing you. Because what he's trying to do is to take you to another level in your walk with God. Before long, you will find yourself wanting to do something. But that deep feeling that you have inside of you. And if you go to God, He will show you exactly what to do. Your destiny would depend on what you do. You destroy your destiny. After God has spoken to you, you'll destroy your destiny if you turn away from Him. You will place yourself on the top of the mountain if you listen to Him, even though it's hard and you fully don't understand what He's asking you to do. But you decided, I will obey God if you do that. He will make you. You know, in the Bible tells us of a young man. In his short life, he had accomplished much. He was wealthy. I take that back. He was very rich. Young, very rich and powerful. He was a ruler in his community, young. Not only that, very religious. And he wanted to know his God. He was doing everything. To be sure, he had a place with God. His money, his fame, everything didn't help. To ease that dissatisfaction. It was the spirit of God. Wooing him. Drawing him. To his destiny. The Bible. Described him as. The rich. Young. Ruler. And I'm sure he searched. He was a very religious man. You will tell from the scripture. He searched. 
And I'm sure he was in the synagogues. He talked, I believe he talked to the rabbis. What is this? I don't feel satisfied. I feel there's something missing. My place with God. He wanted to know about his place in eternity. My place with God. He was concerned about the life after this life. You know, it's amazing. Even Christians today don't seem to be so concerned about life after him. And you are blessed if you feel inside of you a desire to be a part of this kingdom. Because without a doubt this kingdom is coming. The kingdom of heaven is coming. And if you were born into this life and you didn't make it into that kingdom, it were better you were not born. You will have the whole of eternity to regret your indecision or the decision you made not to follow with all of your heart. In Matthew chapter 19, we read about this man, verse 16 through 22. He said, now behold, one came and said to him, good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good, but one that is God. But if you want to enter into life, if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Please say with me, keep the commandments. If you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, which ones? Please say with me, which ones? Kind of funny to hear that, right? Jesus said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? Say with me. What do I still lack? I have kept all of those things. But there's something deep inside of me that's saying that's not enough. There's something missing. What do I still lack? Please help me. And Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Say with me, treasure in heaven. And come follow me. But when the young man heard that saying. I like it when the word says saying. Because they're sayings of Jesus. When the young man heard that saying. He went away sorrowful. For he had great possession. 
You know, there was great dis- de- desperation in this man's life. In his heart. He wanted to have an answer to this question. He wanted to be a part of eternity. He wanted to be a part of the kingdom of God. And he had to settle that. And when he found, he heard about Jesus, if you read in the book of Mark, Mark chapter 10, the Bible tells us there that when he heard about Jesus, found out where Jesus was, he ran to Jesus. And knelt before Jesus. Can you imagine a very wealthy man known around all over the place? See Bill Gates running after a preacher? <laughs> and kneeling before a preacher? This man was desperate. He wanted to know. And here we are today, living on the other side of the cross, and a lot of people are not concerned about eternity. They're not doing anything about eternity. This man had everything. He was well known. He was a ruler. But he was still concerned about life after death. He knew it without a doubt that there is life after death. And he needed to have that answer. Do you have the answer today? If you die today, would you make it to heaven? Are you sure? If you have any doubt in your heart, you will not. If you say in your heart, I hope so, you will not make it. Let me tell you that now, you won't. You're not going to make it. He wanted to know. And Jesus was the one to give him the answer to, for him to know. Amen? And then when the answer is given to you, you decide what you want to do with it. The whole matter is, you must abandon everything for the master. He came to Jesus and he said, Good master, what good thing can I do to have eternal life? That was the wrong question. That was the wrong question. What good thing can I do? You can never do any good thing or a bunch of good things that will earn you a place in eternity. It's not possible. And Jesus in his first statement made that clear to him. He said, why do you call me good? There is no one that's good. You can't do anything good enough to be regarded as a good person in the sight of God. You can't do that. There is no good. No good man on the earth. No good woman. Jesus said, why are you calling me good? Because if you call me good, you're saying I am God. Because only God is good. Have you now recognized that I am God? Do you fully recognize that? And if you recognize that I'm God, would you listen to me when I speak to you, when I give you this answer? Would you do it? So Jesus immediately told him, why do you call me good? No one is good. And he says, there's only one. That's God. So what you're saying, if you really mean what you're saying, you have now had the revelation that you are talking to God here. This is God here. And if you know you're standing before God and you ask a question, 
and you want him to answer you, then when he gives you the answer, if you don't do what he asked you to do, you just hurt God and refuse to do what he said to do. And destroy your, test, your destiny. You see, Jesus gave this man time. He listened to him. But there's something, when you have a strong desire to know from God, Jesus said, if anyone will serve the Lord, God, he will hear from the Father, he'll come to me. When you really have a desire to serve God, you go to Jesus. And that man had that, and God sent him to his son. Amen? But when you have that, God will come to your level. That first statement would have been enough for the man. But Jesus came down to his level and said to him, out of love, to direct his life, he said, but if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Then he came back with another wrong question. Which ones? You mean God will give you commandments and say, well, I want you to keep these ones, but you can forget about the others. That was a dumb question. Keep the commandments and he says, which ones? Which ones? Every commandment is meant to be kept. But when you are looking for a shortcut, a shortcut into the kingdom of God, then you will not understand fully what God is saying. And you may not be willing to obey him. He was looking for a shortcut. Which one? And that reflects what's happening today. Christians just want to do enough. Just enough. I was in church on Sunday. I even shook the preacher's hand. Hey, brother, I prayed 10 minutes today. Well, we heard that these teenagers were praying for one hour, right? Just enough. Which ones? Tell me which ones. And Jesus gave it to him. Keep the commandment. Which ones? Okay, I'm going to give you. Don't commit murder. Don't murder. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. And I love this guy. He said, hey, all of all that you've just said now, I've done all of that from my youth. What do I still lack? I've done all of that. How many of us can say that? This guy was serious about entering into the kingdom of God. He carefully obeyed everything that Jesus, notice Jesus never argued with him. I said, you lied. This man wanted to get into the kingdom of God. Strong desire. Even though he was wealthy. Famous. Powerful. The kingdom of God meant much to this fellow. He wanted to know. What do I still lack? I want to digress a little bit here. 
Because Jesus told him what commandments to keep. Don't commit murder, adultery. One of those things. Honor your father and your mother. Notice he wasn't talking to a kid. Right? He was talking to an adult. A man who had achieved much. He was still telling him, you still need to honor your father and your mother. And then we got kids these days. You see, once they are 18, <laughs> I don't have to listen to you anymore. That means <sighs> you want to see Jesus real early. Honor your father and your mother that it might be well with you, that your days may be long. So if you say, I'm not going to listen to you anymore, <laughs> we'll get your casket ready for you. <laughs> You're ready to go. Even as a grown person, you still need to honor. Not them. When you honor them, guess who you're honoring? Him. Him. You honor him. Jesus told the guy, you need to do this. But the guy said, I've done all of that. I've done all of that. What you just said, I've done all of that. What do I still lack? I mean, a lot of Christians, as you know, they make, they take inventory of their life and they are satisfied with God. They don't care about the things that are missing in their lives. It doesn't matter to them. Your prayer life is done. It still don't matter to you. In the past year, you have hardly opened your mouth to talk about Christ to anybody. You're still a believer. You barely open your scripture to the Bible to read, you're still fine. You never ask the word, what do I still lack? We just assume just because we're shaking the preacher's hand, heaven is ours. It's more than that. It's a life. Jesus mentioned things to him. And notice what Jesus did. Jesus divided the commandments, in, the New Testament commandments into two. He gave him the first part, or the second part, and left this, the first part. Notice everything that he told the man. He said, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, love your neighbor as yourself. Everything that he told him to do had to do with his relationship with his fellow man, right? There was nothing there but God. Because that part of our God was what was missing in his life. He had replaced God with something else. And so God, Jesus gave him the first one and he said, I've done all of that. No wonder you don't feel satisfied inside of you. No wonder you still have doubt. No wonder your prayers are not getting answered. Because you have replaced God with something else, whatever that is. 
Christians easily replace God. They still feel good going to church and doing all the things that they've been doing before. It becomes a routine in their lives. There is no passion for God anymore. There is no desire for God anymore. They have created good reasons to put certain things aside that belong to God and they still feel good. And they say, well, I'm still a Christian. Well, Jesus is saying, give everything up. If you want to enter into life. When the man asked, what do I still lack? In Mark chapter 10, he said, Jesus looked at him and he loved him for asking that question. When you ask God, look, God, I want to do everything you, from your heart. I want to do everything you want me to do. You get his attention. And he focuses his love on you. Revelation will come from his lips to you at that point. He answered the question that no one else had been able to answer until that day. Simply put, he said, go and sell all that you have. (laughs) Give to the poor. Really fulfill what you said you were doing. Do it today, not unto yourself. Because I'm sure he was doing all of that uh, just to gain position in his community. That's all, the whole reason for that. He didn't love God. You can't be doing stuff for people from your heart if you have no love for God. The love of God for God was me his life. That was obvious. Because God told, Jesus told him, go and sell everything. Now fulfill that part properly. Give all that you have to the poor. Come back and follow me. And that was a hard saying for that guy. He's thinking, you mean everything that I worked for up till now, give to those guys? Huh? Yes. He was very unhappy. It's it's amazing how the true search of his life, what he has searched for to make him happy, satisfied, just because of money, he let go of it. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money is the root of all evil, the way you hear it. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. Jesus was trying to save from himself. Because if he continued to love money, he would be in all kinds of evil. When you love money, I mean you're so blinded, you'll be hurting people and you won't be aware of it. You're blinded. Look at the guy who's cost the country so much trouble, billions of dollars. You see him weeping for what he had done? He's blinded. The love of money caused people to lose their own lives. You see him crying for the one who's lost their life? No. That was his problem. Anything that you put before God will take God away from your life. 
If you spend your life chasing after money, you will also spend your life mourning in this life. A lot of sorrows. You get money, but the Bible says the money that comes from God is a blessing from the Lord and there is no sorrow attached to it. So God doesn't say you shouldn't have money. And this young, uh, rich young ruler was not the only rich person that Jesus met in his time. But it was this fellow that he told, I want you to do just that. Because that was the problem in his life. And that was what was holding everything back. There may be something in your life today that God wants you to let go of. Because as long as that thing is there, the love of God cannot be unleashed in your life. And that's what he needed. And Jesus told him, go do that. And he left sorrowful. The interesting thing was what happened afterwards. After the man left, Jesus started saying certain things. That amazed the apostles. But there's something that you need to know. Notice the rich young ruler left. He turned his back on the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus made a few statements. His disciples responded. But notice this man's name is never mentioned in scripture. If he had responded in the right way, we'll be mentioning his his name. Today, in some part of the world, somebody will have been saying something about this man and what he did. Through eternity. And because he turned his back on the Lord Jesus, God turned his back on him and said, No, I don't want his name in my book. I don't even want his name mentioned. You can talk about him and what happened so others will learn, but just call him the rich young ruler. Do you know his name? No. God doesn't want you to know his name. When you give all to the Lord Jesus Christ, your name is preserved forever. How many people are called Peter all over the world? (laughs) How many Johns do you know? Amen. Andrew, James. When you leave all to follow Jesus, life is better. What do people seek? How many multi-millionaires that lived 50 years ago, do you remember? Do you know their names? You've forgotten. Some of us can't even mention all of the presidents. I tell you, I confess, I don't know all the presidents by name. (laughs) Amen. But I can tell you stories about Peter. Amen. I can tell you stories about Peter walking on water. And we talk about him like we know the guy. 
Please don't write about everything I've done in pages so far. <laughs> so everyone can read and find out all the mistakes I made. But we know about Peter. Amen? But after the men left, Jesus started saying this in Mark chapter 10, verse 23 to 30. It says, Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. (laughs) That will about take of almost all Americans. If you believe that scripture, let me tell you this. How many of you have cars? Let me see your hand. You got cars? (laughs) Good. For most of the world, you are rich. (laughs) Most people cannot afford a car in the world. I mean, to buy a bicycle is a hard thing. They have to work hard to buy a bicycle. Do you know that? I need to send you overseas. You're rich. Jesus said, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. Verse 24, and the disciples were astonished at his words. I'm sure they were just, they listened and said, boy, that guy left. And then suddenly they heard heard Jesus say this, and it's like, huh? What did he say? No rich man will enter into heaven. And then Jesus had a follow-up. It says, but Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they were greatly astonished, saying, among themselves, who then can be saved? You know why they were shocked at that? Because they were rich as well, you know. <laughs> we think they were poor. They were, they were not poor. If rich people can make it, we're cooked. We can't make it. Who then can be saved? Who then can be saved? God is not against you having riches. He's against riches having you. Uh There is a difference. When you have riches, riches become your tool. And you use it the way you like. But if you allow riches to have you, then you have a new master And that thing will cause you to do wicked things. So they said, who then can be saved? Whatever it is that is holding you back, you need to let go of it this morning. You know it's between you and God. Notice why they were so astonished. It was not because of money. They wanted to be a part of the kingdom of God. Wow, how, we want to enter into heaven, and if rich people can't get in, what's going to happen to us? I noticed they didn't say any word to Jesus, they were talking among themselves. You know, hey, what are we going to do? We can make it. From what he just said, 
It's in verse 27, it says, But Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God. So in other words, <laughs> if it's up to man, no one will make it into heaven. There is no good thing that you can do that can earn you heaven. Nothing. With man, it is impossible. But not with God. For with God, all things are possible. But notice he told them that, but that didn't answer the question for them. Amen? They know it's possible with God, but what about us? You just said it's difficult for a rich man to get into the kingdom of heaven and see we got some money too. What's going to happen to us? And so Peter responded, and this is what Peter said to him. Verse 28, then Peter began to say to him, see, we have left what? Oh, that's what God wants from you. Jesus said, I would rather have you hot or cold. I don't want you to serve God with a lukewarm heart. Just doing things. You have to give everything away for God. Nothing to hold you back. Peter said, I need, to let you, I need to let you know this, Master. See, we have left all and followed you. Verse 29, Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, a wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time now in this life that we're living meaning if you leave a house if you forsake a house just to follow Jesus Jesus said, you will not only have another house in return, but you will have a hundredfold of what you left. And the scripture cannot be broken. God cannot lie. It's Satan's lie to make you think that the things that you are holding on to are really helping you in life. They are not. The things that you are holding on to are really destroying your destiny. You want one house or a hundred houses. And eternal, let me read this. I shortly, I say to you, when I, I like the word, whenever Jesus says, I say to you, what he's saying, my life is behind what I'm about to say to you. You have heard that of, from them of old, that they said this and that. But I say to you, that I am the word of God. I am God. I am putting my life behind what I'm telling you. This is a principle in life. This will work for any man. That's what Jesus is saying. If you will do this, no man has left father, mother, brother, sisters, land, all of that. House for my sake. For my sake and the gospels, seek ye first the kingdom of God 
That's what he wants. Seek first the kingdom of God. Let that be primary in your heart. Let that be number one search in life. You want a college education? That's fine. But get the kingdom of God first. And college education will be easy. The kingdom of God must always be number one. He said if you leave these things, if you forsake these things for my sake... Not because things got hard and then you had to let go. No. You let them go because they were in the way. You couldn't get to Christ, they were in the way, so you pushed them aside. I got to get to the master. I need the master to be number one in my life. And these things are hindering me. Jesus said, if your right hand causes you to sin, please don't do that literally. We have only left-handed Christians coming to church on my Sunday morning saying, Hey, brother, I just cut my hand off last night, you know. <laughs> but what you do if you this morning, I'm telling you, because the Lord himself is right here with us. If you this morning will say, I will let go of everything. I've told enough. You know, a blessing is something that comes to you when you haven't worked for it, right? Yes. When you do that, the blessings will come. Jesus said, If you forsake all of this for my sake and the gospels, you shall receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children and lands. With persecution. I used to have problems with that last part. Persecution. I went through that. It wasn't fun. But it was also some, uh, a lot of fun. You have to be in it to see how focused you can be. During times of persecution. And then he said. And in the age to come. Eternal life. And he said their question. I want eternal life. Do you want eternal life? Now eternal life is not when we get up there. It begins right here. Because eternal life will begin to bring the houses, the lands, the brothers, the sisters, the mothers into your life. This is what Satan is deceiving us and trying to snatch, steal away from us. By lying to us. If you decide this morning... I'm going to give it all to the Lord. God will bless you. I'm going to share this with you as I close. When I was a young boy growing up, I'd always thought, you know, I can't just live in this little uh, place. I want to see the world. Amen. I wanted to see the world. How it was going to happen, I couldn't tell. And in high school, what we call advanced level in Nigeria, a teacher taught me about the United States of America. And he told us about these highways that run from the east to the west. One highway with several lanes on one side. 
And I thought to myself, boy, you mean from one end to the other end? Yeah. And they run from the north to the south. And then they will talk about the prairie mountains and the rocky mountains and, and, and the, the corn belt and all of that. And I was envisioning all of these things. And I told myself, I got to see that place. This five lanes on one side of the road, boy, that would be a great thing to say. Amen. I got saved. And at that time, I, never, I didn't even think about coming to the United States. But God has both worked that out. Amen. <laughs> I've not only been here to see those things, but look at the brothers and sisters he's given to me. As a young Christian, my family, because I gave everything out to the Lord, they didn't understand that Christianity was new. And they didn't understand what happened to me. I saw this what I needed to go all the way for Christ. And even decided, I won't, if going to college, forget that. I'll just follow my Jesus. That was a mistake, but that's what I did. I wanted Christ. And at that stage, the family abandoned me. And I was on my own. I rented my own place. And stayed with my Christian brothers and sisters. But since then, God has not only given me the privilege to see the place, but to stay in the place. Amen? Become a citizen of the country that I loved. Amen? And to have all of you. I feel really blessed. When you give all to the Lord, He'll give you back. This is just the beginning. We're talking about building this place. Now I can put with you, working with me, we can now leave the United States and go back to my country, amen? And minister to them in a great way. You see, God will multiply. Amen? God will multiply. If I lived in my country, I couldn't, there's no way I would buy and start building a church. But you are helping me to build that church, amen? amen. The Americans, amen, we love them. <laughs> don't hold back don't be deceived don't hold back and don't be ashamed Jesus said if you are ashamed of me before men I will be ashamed of you before my father in heaven and before the angels don't be ashamed you need God in your life say yes I'm one of them I need him and when you say that boldly, he'll promote you. When you do it right here, it registers in heaven. A button goes on. And God says that. That's ours. Amen. Would you stand up with me this morning? Oh, I tell you what. No holding back. Could you say that with me? No holding back. No holding back. I want to give all to the Lord. I know you don't have the power. But if you make that decision today, the power comes from on high. Amen? And you find yourself doing just that. Would you close your eyes? Bow your head before the Lord this morning. How many will say, no holding back? 
I've been holding back until now. But today, I have made up my mind. I'm not going to hold back anymore. I will give my life totally to the Lord Jesus. If you have not done that before, this is your day. Amen? Amen. Forget people. Settle it with your God. God has brought you to His place, to His very presence this morning. Amen? If you are here and you are saying, Today I am making up my mind to do what Jesus said to do. I will go all the way. I'm giving my life totally to the master. If you're there, please raise your hand up for me here. Raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Don't be bashful. Raise your hand before God. There are many here. A cloud of witnesses. You need Jesus in your life. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I tell you what, I need everyone that raised their hand. If you really mean business, please meet with me right up here. Come up here with me. Come up here with me. Come up here with me. Please, don't be bashful. I am one too. I want to go all the way. <laughs> I'm going all the way. All the way. All the way with the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He loves you dearly. He loves you dearly. There's going to be a change. There's going to be a fire in your belly from this very day. Amen. A fire in your belly. Like you've never known. And it's going to come from the water. Coming down. Throne of the Lord. Into your life. Your life will never be the same. You are going to find a new strength. And a new desire for God that was never that was there until this morning that's going to happen I say it in the name of Jesus there are still some of you that need to be here you need to come down here please don't hold back don't hold back you want the river to flow it will flow. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor Andy, Pastor Angelo, Pastor Irena, please come up here. Thank you, Lord. Please put your hands up this morning. I may just go as I feel led. Those of you, every time we ask for something from the Lord, what it does, his answer is the Holy Spirit. He gives you more of the Spirit of God in a different dimension, in a different fashion in your life that energizes you to fulfill God's calling in your life. Say with me, Lord, I receive the Holy Spirit to do your bidding. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Let me pray for you. Pastor Andy, you pray also. These that have come up and those that are still standing there but really know they need to be up here. 
in your mercy, God, reach out to all of us. We don't want to hold anything back. We will serve the Lord. And we believe right now that you are making everything right for our lives. We will serve you. We will love you. We will do your bidding. By the grace of our God. By the grace of our God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor Wes, I need you and our, our other prayer partners. Please just lay hands on these people. Up. Would you please raise your hand to the Lord today and tell, tell him how much you appreciate him. Just let him know you appreciate him and that you have given everything to him and you will serve him. Even if it is difficult, you will serve him. Father, I thank you for your people. Be with them as they go. According to your word. They go out, blessed. They come in, blessed. Everything they set their hands to do, blessed. Let your blessings come upon them and overtake them. In the name of Jesus. And the people of God said, Amen. God bless you. See you.